Welcome to another episode of Open Stride Podcast on this glorious Sunday afternoon. Timestamp today is Sunday, June the 12th, and it's 1.40 at the time of this recording. Uh, so, thank y'all for joining me today, man. I appreciate y'all checking in with me today. I hope y'all having a beautiful Sunday and y'all enjoy yourself getting you some rest, you know, getting prepped for the week. That's usually how I do my Sundays. Um. I, I usually prep for the week ahead, like laying food out, um, what I'm going to eat for the week, uh, kind of what I'm going to wear for that Monday or Tuesday, I'm trying to get my schedule in order, stuff like that, just simple house maintenance things, I'm not really doing too much cleaning, I try to I try to do the cleaning Saturday morning, so Sunday it can just be a chill day, so you won't deserve too much energy, so you can save the energy for the week, um, but that's just me. How, how, how y'all usually prep? Um, for How y'all usually spend y'all Sundays? Let me know. Let me know. Hit me up and let me know how you spend your Sundays. But, of course, y'all not here to hear me talk about how I prep for the week and how, how I spend my Sundays. Y'all here to hear these outstanding, these great basketball and sports takes. I say basketball because that's what we on. But I actually got a little football in here today. Um, football season is coming up fairly quickly, and there's a lot going on in the sports world when it comes to football. So I'll definitely be pushing out episodes about the football season coming up because it's, it's a lot that we talk about going with football. And, I, and of course, I'm going to do my my annual um, break it down each, each conference division game by game, predicting what teams' um, records I think they're going to be, predicting what's, how I think teams go place in their um, conference and division. So that's going to be interesting. Uh, that's coming up very soon, fairly. Probably, I'll probably start dropping those episodes right before – kickoff right before kickoff so those those will come out all of them will be out before the season kicks off but yeah if, if you haven't checked those out check you can check those out on my old some old old episodes where i kind of predict i have invited guests on per division and we break down the uh how i think the season go go for each each team i literally go through and pick game game per game of every team in the nfl it's Something I started last year, and I'm definitely keep it going this year. So be on the lookout for that NFL preview. Um, be on the lookout for the NBA mock draft episode. Um, definitely doing that coming soon, especially my Houston Texans having a top three pick. Um, we definitely gonna knock that out. So just be on the lookout, man. Thank y'all for locking in with me. I appreciate everybody for tuning in. Um, and be on the lookout for a live podcast showing. Uh, shout out to TJ and his barber Benny, man. Um, not trying to talk too much on it because everything not foundational, but uh, be on the lookout for an actual visual podcast coming someday in the future probably this month who knows just be on the lookout for it if you haven't subscribed to the open stride youtube page you should definitely go over and subscribe to that because that's where the the live well not live but visual podcast would be posted there i have a couple of visuals up already of me breaking down each game for the nba season last year with my man phase me and phase definitely gonna run that back again this year that's like that's my nba preview kind of same like nfl i don't pick every game because there's too many games in the nba but i uh, i pick why i think teams were placed on uh, in a power ranking from um one all the way down to the last team in the nba so definitely check that out if you haven't already uh, so let's get into some basketball takes. Obviously, it's the NBA Finals game five. It's on the way. Series is tied. Like I said, if you come to me for your sports update, let me go ahead and update you. Games is tied. Warriors won the last game. I kind of figured they were going to win. Um, my prediction was they was going to get at least get one in Boston. They wasn't going to go out of there um, down uh, one three. So they was able to get the last win in Boston on Friday by ten points. 
107 to 97. Uh, the momentum, you can just, like, for me, when I'm watching sports games, no matter how, when it get down to the nitty-gritty, when it get down to, like, five minutes left, six minutes left, I pay attention to momentum. And whichever way the momentum is swinging, I usually say, okay, that team going to win. So if the game is close, like, for me, the Celtics – uh, is a very up and down team when it comes to offensively. They're a very up and down team. I mean, they're they're an amazing defensive team, considering they still dropped forty. Um, the team only had one hundred and seven points overall, so it's just offensively. Sometimes they just can't get it going. But I'm not gonna talk about them first. I'm gonna talk about the winners first, and that's the um Golden State Warriors. So they won Game Four. They tied the series. They going back to um San Fran. And they're gonna see if they can go ahead and, and win game five and go up three two. Now, if they go up three two, it's gonna get real spooky. Out. My prediction for the series was um Celtics in six. So that means Celtics cannot lose another game in this series. It's looking like they may lose in the game, but I'm not done. You know, I mean, I'm not wanna jump off my on um, my pick if I'm wrong or right. I picked last season series, I picked um Mavs in six against the Warriors. I believe they lost in five. I didn't jump off that pick. So um, but I was trying to receive my talking about my past. But yeah, so let's let's break it down. So it's a couple interesting storylines percolating through these NBA finals. One is Steph's legacy. So it's it's a it's funny. So I spent a lot of time while well, I have spun, I don't do it anymore because he's not on my Houston Rockets anymore. But I have spent a lot of time in my past defending the legacy of James Harden. Cause I feel like people are underrating how great he really is. Like James Harden is one of the all-time great regular season performers of NBA history. Like it's hard for you to find anybody that had a that had it's hard for you to find many players that had better regular seasons than James Harden in their career. Like over the uh, span of multiple season, five at least five, you say five, a five year span, it's hard for you to find many players that have better regular seasons than James Harden. I'm talking about all time greats like LeBron's, Michael Jordan, Kareem's, Will, Magic Johnson, Steph Curry, Kevin Durant. Like those are the type of players that have better regular seasons than James Harden. If, if you're not talking about like all time greats. It's hard for you to say anybody else had a regular regular season than James, better regular season span of five years than James Harden. So I spent a lot of time defending. I feel like people underrate him. Like I'm like, dog, do you understand? Like he's one of the best shooting guards of all time. He's literally top five shooting guards of all time. And y'all talk about him like he a scrub. Like do y'all not see what he, he he has done over his career? And and I feel like people just pick piggyback piggyback his worst moments in NBA history. And, and identify him as that his career. Okay, we, we're going to pick the worst moment in your life and say, that's you. So imagine somebody do it to you right now. They're going to say, hey, hey, you, person, whoever's listening, I'm going to pick the very worst moment in your life, and I'm going to say that's you as a person overall. That's you as a person in your lifetime. That's what people do, um, do, have been doing and still do to James Harden for his NBA career. They pick the very worst moments in the playoffs and say, that's him as a person. You can't change my mind. And I got to be the one to do it. I got to come in Steph Curry defense because I feel like a lot of people do the same thing for Curry when it comes to NBA Finals. They pick 2016 and say, Curry, that's you. That's you. No matter what you do in the future, no matter what you've done in the past, 2016 is you. And if you don't know what 2016 was, 2016 was the year Curry won United's MVP. His team was 73-9. They was up 3-1 in the NBA Finals and LeBron James – um, led Cav- Cleveland Cavaliers came back and beat them with a 3-1 lead. And that was probably LeBron's greatest moment in his career. 
arguably, I think it is his greatest moment in his career. I'm pretty sure a lot of people will agree with that. Um, and that kind of like put LeBron in the GOAT debate. Like that, that, that series put LeBron in the GOAT debate for me, for sure. And that, and I feel like that, that made, that, that made him a made man. And every time somebody bring up Curry in the NBA Finals, they go back to 2016. They say 2016, 2000. What about since 2016, y'all, Curry has won two championships, been to the Finals four times. This is the fourth time he's there now, and he has multiple 30-point games in the NBA Finals. Let's break it down. Same thing I did for James Harden. Let's break it down. And people think I hate Curry, but I just call it how it is. The thing about me, I tell people all the time. The thing about the difference between me and everybody else when it comes to sport, I don't, I don't wait for anybody else to say anything. I just say what's logical. Like, I just look at it and be like, yeah, that don't make any sense. And I'd be like, how can y'all not see that? And sometimes I feel like people wait for people to tell them how to think when it comes to certain things in sports. And I feel like the media fed y'all that Curry was a bad NBA Finals performer, and y'all ate that shit up. But he's not. He's not, though. Like, Curry is one of the all-time great NBA playoff performers. Since, let's let's break down some facts. Since 1977, the most 30-point games in the NBA Finals, number one, Michael Jordan at 23 points. Made 23 games with 30 points or more. Number two, LeBron James. Arguably the top three, two of the top three players of all time. Number three, Shaquille O'Neal. If you listen to my podcast about my top 10 all time, that's one of the reasons why I got Shaquille O'Neal in my top 10 all time. He's the most dominant big man of all time. If he ain't in your top 10, I'm sorry. I just dismiss it. 16, number, number four, Kobe, y'all favorite that y'all love to death. And I love Kobe too. Respect the Kobe. 13. And right after Kobe Bryant, little Stephen Curry at 13 30 point games in the NBA Finals. Well, Matt, well, Matt, he he been there. He been there so many times. How can he not? How can he not? Well, you told me he don't perform though. So what you mean? So it don't matter if he's been there a hundred times. If he doesn't perform, it don't matter if he go there a hundred times, he's not gonna perform. But he performs. Like I said, y'all bring him 2016 like the man just suck every time. The man performs. Now, let's break down some actual games that you can go Google and look up yourself. I want to I want to educate y'all right now. Curry, big games in the NBA Finals or the NBA playoffs overall. 2019, game three versus the Raptors. Guess how many points he dropped? He lost his game. This was the game he was without KD and Clay. He dropped 47 points. 2018, game four. He dropped 37 points, four, four rebounds, and six assists. 2015, game four versus the Cavs, 20, 37 points, seven assists, and four rebounds. These are games in the NBA Finals, ladies and gentlemen. These are games that you can go look up right now yourself and go on YouTube, and these are games you, people will make a thing like Curry never had big games in the playoffs. And, of course, the reason I'm bringing this up because people are saying this last game was his biggest game ever in the NBA in, in, in the NBA Finals, and I can say it, it, it's definitely top two, top three. This game he had against Boston is definitely top two, top three. The pressure that he was on to be in a hostile situation in Boston, you know they race. Oh, I ain't gonna say they races over there, but you know they they have some they have some fans that can really say some nasty things to players. That's all I'm gonna say. I'm not gonna say the whole fan base races or anything like that. But yeah. People would be people would make it seem like this last game Curry had was one like his first time going off in the game. He had 43 points, 
10 rebounds, 4 assists. He was 7 for 14 from 3. And people make it seem like that was his first time doing something, doing something like that. Man, Curry had big games in the playoffs before. Y'all just used to like to paint him with a broad brush and say 2016 is him and his whole career. That's not the truth. Yes, he milked down. Game 3 in 2016, he had 19 points, and his team got blew out. Game 4, when Draymond got ejected, uh, they won that game. And from game 5 to game 7, Curry was a no-show. He was a complete no-show. Turning the ball over, not scoring points. That game seven in Oracle Arena, he had like 18, 19 points. Draymond Green was the leading scorer. If they would have won that game, Draymond Green would have been the final MVP that game. So 2016 was bad. That's one of the most, like that's one of the, the one of the worst playoff performances from a superstar I ever seen. Like LeBron back when he played um, Dallas in those fourth quarters, that was bad too. But nobody paint LeBron with a bad. Uh, I mean, I do say LeBron not clutch, even though he showed that he has been clutch over his career. But whatever. But yeah, so I just had to come to Curry's defense, man, because I feel like sometimes y'all just be tripping. Like, like I said, y'all take the worst moment in somebody's life and 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 paint that over their whole over their whole life and say that's that person. Well, that's not true. What if somebody did to you? What if somebody caught you in a bad situation and be like, oh yeah. Oh yeah, because he stole that. He just a thief. I never trust. He a thief for the rest of his life. Man, people can people can change. I believe in redemption stories. I believe people deserve a second chance. Sometimes even third chance to get things right. I don't believe that we should just write people off just for making one bad decision in their life, two bad decisions in their life. I believe we, life is fluid, and we shouldn't and we shouldn't just just dismiss somebody for making bad decisions. Now, now, now some stuff in life that you just can't walk back, like. It's some stuff in life that it's just a no go. It's just, it's, it's just, it's, I'm sorry, it's just not coming back home. But some of the stuff that people do on people and they lie, y'all just like to, to just write them off. And I'd be like, God dang, I'm glad God had grace with you because <laughs> you act like you the judge, jury, and executioner. So, um, so, uh, but the, a conversation can come up that was Curry's legacy, his overall, like him as a great player, as an all time great player, is, is, is sealed. But was his legacy saved by Kevin Durant? That's a conversation that can be had because imagine if Curry lost. I mean, he did lose that 2016, but imagine once he lost that 2016 NBA Finals to LeBron James, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Love, and the crew, and he did not get Kevin Durant, and they would have came back 2017. LeBron and Kyrie would have would have read up. They would have went back to back, and Curry wouldn't have not had that 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 second ring. Then imagine if Katie didn't come at all. So he didn't come in 2017, so he didn't come in 18 either. So Curry couldn't have go back to back. So Curry would have had one ring, and he would have had a collapse in 2016, and then he would ne- he would have never won a ring again since then. I, I think he would have got one or two. Like, that, that team was great. But I don't think they would have just won as dominant as they did if they didn't get given a ring. I think for sure in 2017 that LeBron-Kyrie team would have beat them in the NBA Finals if they would have met again without Kevin Durant. I think that's for sure. Now, after that, I don't know. But that's just one less ring that he would have had. So some people are saying, has KD saved, did KD save Curry's legacy? But RB can make that Curry saved his because he couldn't, he, he sniffed, he sniffed one NBA Finals but couldn't get back to one even after being up 3-1 on that same Golden State Warriors team in 2016. That was amazing. 2016 was an amazing year overall, just overall. But yeah, so our argument could be made that Curry's legacy was saved by KD's, and KD's legacy was saved by Curry's. They they saved each other because without KD, I don't think they win back to back championships. I, I I just don't. I just don't. I just don't. I just don't. call me whatever. I just don't think they would have won. If you think they would have won, crash um, props to you. But I think 
that LeBron, Kyrie, Big Love team that came back in 2017 after winning the championship would have beat them if they would have made it to the NBA Finals. So Curry, legacy, maybe. He still would have been considered the greatest shooter of all time. He still would have had two finals. He would still would have had two, one championship, two MVPs, and one time being unanimous. And I think he would have got one more ring. So he would have two rings. But he wouldn't be in a top 10 conversation. Like right now, he's in the top 10 conversation. If you win this ring, you get a finals MVP. He definitely wouldn't be that high. And I believe, speaking of top top, I believe Curry's aware of his ranking. I know players like to say, we don't listen to the media. We don't pay attention to what they say. Um, we just let them do them. Uh, it, we don't, it doesn't, I think, I think, I think y'all do. I think y'all, y'all watch it. Y'all listen to it. I mean, KD makes it obvious that he listens and pays attention to the media. And I believe a lot of players do too. So I, I think they're the not having the finals MVP stuff. It, it bothers Curry. I, it's hard for me to believe that it doesn't. People steady bring up that he doesn't have a finals MVP. That that doesn't bother him. I think it bothers him, and I think he's out to prove that he's he is who he thinks he is, and he is going to be that player to get that finals MVP. And that's why the conversation coming up: should he win finals MVP, even though he loses? Cause he even though he, should he win finals MVP, even if he loses his NBA finals? And I think an absolute hell no, hell no. If he loses finals matchup. If they even give that man a finals vote, whoever that person is that gave him that vote, snatch their credentials, take them off the committee, and never let them vote on anything ever again when it comes to NBA. Because hey, if Curry shouldn't even get a vote, if the Golden State Warriors lose his finals and he and he and, and he doesn't win this championship, no, no, he should not get finals. If he wins, it's his. He deserved it. He earned it. But if he loses. Man, y'all better man. After not giving LeBron one, after averaging a triple double, y'all better stop it. That's that's that. And it's a couple of talking heads that saying that he should get it. And that goes back to my thing about sometimes y'all be like sometimes y'all some y'all, y'all give Curry a bad rap when it comes to NBA Finals performances. But sometimes y'all give y'all let Curry get away with way more stuff than what y'all let other superstars get away with. And like I said in my last episode, I don't know if it's because he's light skinned I don't know because he got a beautiful family. I don't know because he's a family man. I don't know because he's li- he likable. I don't know what it is about Curry, but he just has a hold on y'all heart. And anytime somebody say anything bad about him, y'all get mad. Anytime anybody try to hold him accountable to the greatest that he is, y'all get mad. Anytime anybody try to say anything about him. It's not praising the, the ground he walk on. Y'all get mad. Kind of, yeah, it's just it's just weird. So he definitely does not deserve to get finals MVP. I'm giving him respect for being an all-time great finals performer for sure. Because sometimes I feel like y'all be sliding him when it comes to finals performance. But everything else, no, no, no. Hell no. Stop it. I'm going I'm to talk to y'all about the NBA being being rigged in a way later on this episode. Just pay attention. It's a, it's a new podcast I've been listening to called The Whistleblower. Tim, Tim Donaghy. The referee there caught uh, cheating. I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk about it. Stay around. Um. So yeah, the game the game was over. Uh, Wiggins also contribute big time. I know Lawrence hate that because he think Wiggins a bust. Like I I never seen a bust average 20 points a game over his career. Uh, be an All Star starter for the All Star game, being a Finals and performs like Andrew Wiggins, and he still be considered a buzz. I never seen a player like that. Lawrence, maybe you can explain that to the to the um to the population that why you think Wiggins a bust. He keeps saying because he had hyped around his name when he came out. That's not that man's fault. He had hyped around his name. He was just playing basketball. If the media hype him up, that don't mean it's his fault that he got to live. With. He got to live up to anything. Not a damn thing. He got to go out there and play basketball. At a high level, and he has done that. Now he don't. He, he doesn't. He doesn't. He's not living up to his talent because he when he 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 had a career high sixteen points, sixteen rebounds, and his previous career high was like ten or eleven. 
And um, you ever listen to Draymond Green podcast, which I feel like it's a bit overrated. No hate, no hate at all, but I feel like it's a bit overrated. But shout out to Draymond, I love what he's doing. Um, but yeah, if you have listened to Draymond Green podcast, he they said he said they had a moment after the game where the, the um one of the coaches came in and said, Yeah, Wiggs, you had 16 rebounds this game. That's your career high. Your previous career high was like 10 or 11. And Draymond said him and Curry looked at each other like, What the fuck? Like, nigga, a, a nigga like you that can jump out the gym only had a career high of 10 rebounds. That's pathetic, bro. That's that's pathetic. And Draymond was like, he they just told like he said he told he said him and Curry looked at each other. Like, what the fuck? And Draymond said, Curry wasn't going to say it because Curry, you know, he a nice guy. He said, so Draymond, no, he said he was left to say it. He said it. He was like, nigga, that's pathetic for you to only have a career of 10 or 11. And you, six, 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 seven, you could jump out the gym. And they and they said the same thing when he was in Minnesota. They had a hard time trying to get him the rebound. Like, he would only average like three, four rebounds a game. They were like, bruh, like, you could jump out the gym. You six, 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 seven. Can you give us eight rebounds a game? One season. So, it was just a funny moment between them two. So let's talk about the Celtics playing their bad play. Uh, they have an up and down mentality. This sometimes they you just never know who you're gonna get with them. Like sometimes they play better on their back against the wall. They haven't lost a um they haven't lost two games in a row in the playoffs yet. And you just never know what you're gonna get out of them because their offense can be so stagnant at time. And when, like I said, when I was watching the game, I seen the downfall coming. I didn't see it at the beginning, but towards like midway through the fourth quarter, I was just like, yeah, Celtics losing this game. One, Warriors got all the momentum. Curry not missing the shot. And the Celtics can't score to save their freaking life. And their offense just come Like when their offense not just flowing and shots not falling, they just sometimes they don't have that guy that can just say, get, get us a bucket. Kobe, get us a bucket. LeBron, get us a bucket. Kyrie, get us a bucket. Curry, KD, Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, get us a Paul Pierce, get us a bucket. Like, they don't have that guy. At, Jason Tatum's supposed to be that guy, but he just haven't shown to be that guy over a consistent basis over time. That's why, JT, take that fucking K, uh, K, uh, Kobe Bryant wristband off your arm, man. I'm tired of you trying to, man, take that off. If you ain't going to, if you're not, you can't put that back on until you drop 40. That's 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 the new rule. Take that Kobe wristband, armband, whatever the hell it is, take it off. And until you drop, if you don't drop 40 this in this game, you can't put it back on. That's the that's the rule. I, I don't even care if y'all y'all better win. That's for sure. Y'all better win. So I'm talking this over as a win this game five. But if you don't drop 40 this again, this next next game, you can't put that Kobe Bryant wristband back on until after next season. After next season, so this season ends, 2023 season is going to begin, and after that season, you can put it back on after you, you prove. But man, take that shit off after after talking about you, Kobe. You, I understand it, it I understand that's your favorite player. You love Kobe, you want to live in his image. But man, Kobe, dog, I'm talking about go back and look that year. Kobe won back to back finals, MVPs, and um, won the championship back to back. Man, Kobe was a savage, man. He, he not he not going out like how you going out lately. No disrespect to you, and I'm a fan of you. But this is why you're not considered a superstar right there, my brother, because you have so in, so many inconsistencies. You have games like you do against the Bucks and game six and drop forty plus, then go out there and have a stinker of a game and do six for seventeen and score nineteen eighteen points. Like, come on, man! Like, be the be the man. And you you had coming out talking about. I played a clip for y'all. What he said? He was talking about. Uh, who, who said I wanted to be a superstar? Just listen. And, you know, a lot of people want to debate. Um, you know, I guess you just comment about the superstar, you know, whatever that means, right? 
I'm sure that I've, I've seen there's a huge debate. Is he a superstar? Is he not? Uh, I want to know where that came from. Like, did I tweet that? Did I ever say that I'm a superstar or you know, I'm on the verge? Like, I, that never came from me. But it has been a big deal this last year and a half or two years. Um, and I see it all the time. And there's always been questions back in my head. Like, I wonder who spoke on my behalf or said that or why that was such a big deal. Um, but, you know, if you win a championship, they can debate a lot of things. They can debate whether or not, you know, you're a champion. So, um, Man, you know, nobody, you don't have to say that you're going to be a superstar. You don't have to say that. You You just are. That's the problem. You out here talking about, I never said I want. I, I never said I wanted to be a superstar. I never said I was a superstar. So I don't even know how this rhetoric starts. J JT, chill, bro. You chill, bro. You you a historian of the game. You are you are you a talented young brother. You intelligent. Don't don't come in here try to play on our top like we on like no. Of course you never came out and said that you were a superstar. But you don't have to come out there and say it for the conversation to start. Your performance on the court tells us if you're a superstar or not. So if you, it's like you saying that make 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 me feel like you don't want that smoke of being a superstar. You don't want that pressure of being a superstar. You just want to go out there and play basketball. Ain't how it work, man. Ain't how it work. If you go out there and perform like you did against Giannis and drop 40 plus in a game six at, in in Milwaukee, you got to go out there and perform. Then that just is what it is. So yeah. Um, JT, take that Kobe wristband off, and you can't put it back on unless you drop 40 against this game, and y'all win. And the finals MVP talk between JT and Jalen Brown, it can go either way right now. Um, the only thing I would say as far as JT, JT is asked to do more, and more of the defense is centered around stopping him than Jalen Brown. So some people may say that – because sometimes people have said Jalen Brown was better than JT, and I, I disagree with that vividly. I think Jalen Brown is an amazing player. I feel like he let me say it right. I feel like he got that dog in him. But um he he just he's a player that's able to pray more freely because so much is centered around Jalen on um uh, JT. So not taking anything, he's an amazing talent, but I don't think he's a better player than JT. So he he like this like JT's asked to do more on the offensive side, then Jalen just get the ball and go. Get the ball and go. But sometimes uh, JT got to create the defense. Um, he, he drop coverage on him, double him up, send him help, stuff like that. And sometimes Jalen get the ball, he can go one-on-one. Like when he went one-on-one with Draymond Green, he go one-on-one and he can do his thing. So, But the conversation between finals and between, between those two is interesting, but I feel like it can go either way. Uh I feel like if JT is who we say he is, he should be able to go get it. But just if he doesn't get it and they still win and Jalen Brown gets it, it's no knock against JT in my eyes. Because I've seen, I seen best players at the NBA Finals not get Finals MVP. Paul Pierce got it over Kevin Kevin Garnett. I, I think majority of people think Kevin Garnett's a better player than Paul Pierce. I, I mean, I do. But he got it over him because he had an amazing final, finals performance against Kobe Bryant. Um, so, but yeah, man, take that, take that wristband off. I'll hold it for you. Um, but in, and another question is, can this, can a, can a series be won when you don't have the best player and you don't have like a top five player on your side? So like LeBron James, he was the best player on the, on the Golden State, I'm not on the Cleveland side, but Golden State had a top five player, top 10 player and Kevin Durant and Curry one year. 
So sometimes it's it's hard for uh and I don't know people and I know everybody would like to go back to the Detroit Pistons. That's an anomaly, bro. Like the Pistons team being that that Lakers team, that that's not something we go see. That's not something we see often. Like how how many name the last time you've seen a team do that since then and before then. Like that's not something we just see a lot. That's why I said that's why I was hesitant to picking up the, the uh, Miami Heat against the Golden State. I never seen a team like that win a championship. So I was like, I never seen a team like them. Like they playing good, they beat some good teams, but I never seen a team constructed like the Miami Heat win a championship. So that's why I was just like, I just can't see them making it to the championship and winning it at all. Now I have seen teams like the Celtics win a championship. They got multiple talents on their team and they play historic defense. But like a team like Miami, they play historic defense, but they they got one guy and everybody else is just good players. I never seen um, anything like that. So that's why I was. That's why. I, I just – and obviously Curry's the best player on the court on both sides, so that's why I said – but the only good thing is Boston has more talent head to toe than Golden State Warriors, especially with Draymond Green playing like garbage. God, Draymond, man, brother, I ain't saying you want to start the podcast, do you? Because I don't think the podcast is messing up your game, but dog, you scrubbing the hell out. You got to do better, my brother. So, yeah, man, that's – um. So going forward, best out of three. Um, that's my takes on the Warriors and the um, Boston section so far. I definitely think the um, Warriors can can pull it off, but I'm sticking with the Celtics, man. Celtics and six. I think the Celtics will go to um, Oracle Arena. Still, still another one there. Then they go go back to Boston and close it out in six at home. But JT, you got you got to give me that Giannis Antetokounmpo performance you gave me in um, in round two. When you when you drop forty plus on Giannis here, you we need that performance, brother. We need that performance. I know the shoulder bothering you. I know all that, but we need shoot him up, get him right. I need that performance, brother. I need. I know you got it in you. I know you got it. I'm just challenging you to do better. So let's talk about some things that's going on over in the sports world. Let's transition to some other things. Um, uh, I never, I haven't talked about it yet, but uh, we have a new black coach in Los Angeles, um, Coach Darvin Ham. It's a new head coach for the Los Angeles Lakers. Let's clap it up for him. Congrats, coach. Wish you the best. It's a sticky situation that you're joining, uh, especially with a prominent figure like LeBron James at the end of his career. So we wish you the best, and hopefully you can make something out of that situation, especially with Russ. Uh, Russ was at the press conference when Dalvin was announced as a new head coach. Um, we're going to see what he decides to do with Russ. He says a lot of left in Russ tank. He feel like he can make it work with Russ. He feel like he can bring some things out of Russ that he haven't seen yet. Um, that's going to be hard considering Russ has been in the NBA 13, 14 years. But, hey, I'm going to take him out of the story see what he can do. And um, it's hard. It's, the Lakers have been struggling to trade Russell Westbrook because they don't want to let go of first round. They feature first round um, draft pick, and they just want somebody to take Russ straight up. And they don't really they don't have any more access to give in to Russ. Uh they could package TXT. Um that nigga overrated too. I trade up, I trade a fuck out that nigga, man. But um, but yeah, we're gonna see what they do. Uh other news, we have Zion Williamson, who is in shape. Man, let's let's see how, what Zion he he dropped a picture. Well, he didn't drop a picture, the uh, Pelican dropped a picture of him at um the gym with the team, getting some shots up, practicing, warming up, whatever, whatever. And he looked in pretty good shape. They say he's moving well. He's playing well. Uh, he's looking to make a full recovery and play um, next season. And he's out, out to get a new contract, the Supermax deal. Uh, of course, the the Memphis 
Grizzlies are going to pay Ja uh, Morant. They was in that same draft class together. So Ja Morant and the Memphis Grizzlies are likely to agree on a max of $186 million max extension um, in, in this offseason. Um, and Morant could bump that to two, $223 million if you make an all-NBA team again or win MVP. I doubt he win MVP. No shade of him. I doubt he win MVP. But – he could definitely be an all-NBA player again. So it's on him to go ahead and sign it this year and get that 100, $186 million this offseason or wait till next offseason and try to make an all-NBA team and get the uh, $223 million. We're going to see, but he's definitely going to get that max deal. And Zion was in that same draft class. Uh, so we're going to see. He was he hasn't been an all-NBA player yet. But I feel like he could be one this season, uh, this upcoming season. I feel like he can be an all-NBA and all-star all-star player. He, he's already been an all-star player, but I definitely feel like he can be an all-NBA player this upcoming season. So I'm stamping and stamping to prove that that Zion would be there. But um, yeah, uh, and I know a lot of people are saying that he that the um, Pelicans shouldn't sign him to the contract, but we got players like Joel Embiid that got that signed a max extension with the um, Philadelphia 76ers, and Zion showed more more promise than Joel Embiid. We got players like uh, Michael Porter Jr. who's in that same uh, who's in the draft class. Before Zion, he was in the draft class 2018, one of my one of my favorite draft NBA draft classes in a long time. He signed his max extension, and um, Zion showed more promise than him, and he's out right now with a back injury. So I think Zion definitely should get his money from the Pelicans, and I feel like they definitely should offer him the money. And if they don't, he should just leave. Just leave, bro. Just for actual trade or uh or wait till your contract up, become an unrestricted um, free agent. I mean, that's a while from now. That's, that's at least two years, but. Hey, if they don't want to get your money, just leave. Go out there and perform, though. I mean, I can't, I can't blame them for being hesitant for pay, paying you because you've been hurt and you ain't been performing. So get healthy, stay in shape, stop being gumbo, beignets, um, and all that um, carfish and all that down there in New Orleans. I know it's hard. It's, it's, it's see, the food is seasoned well. You probably never had anything like that in your life. I'm not even sure where Zion is from, but I'm pretty sure wherever he is from, he never had no food like he had in his life when he got to New Orleans. He probably was like, I ain't never in my life had anything like this. And, and I understand that. But that's not like you got to put the fork down. Sometimes you got to put the fork down. Zion's from North Carolina. I just looked it up. He's from, so yeah, I don't, I never heard nobody cooking no good food in North Carolina. Never. So, yeah, it's, it's, you had a year to gut it out. Now you got to get in shape and play better. Get you get your mind right, and people just chalking it up. You know, I know it's a running joke that he's getting out of shape and yada yada yada. My thing is, I think he's more so out of shape because he's a naturally bigger dude. So people make it seem like he just just out of shape because you want to be out of shape. Like he just he just eating ridiculously ridiculous amount of food, bad food, and he's just out of shape. Like he's a big sloppy mess. I think he's a he naturally big dude. It's and you know anything about metabolism and things like that, body size, body types. Like some people can eat whatever and they still keep their slim figure. Some people can eat the smallest thing and they blow up. And I feel like Zion just dealing with that. He's trying to learn the best ways, the things that he can eat for his body type, his body size, his metabolism. And he's trying to get in shape. And it's, it's just hard. And people make it seem like it's just so easy for him to just wake up in the morning and do. And like I said, if, easy, if it was easy, everybody could do it. But everybody don't have Zion size. Everybody can't jump out the gym like Zion. So you can't say... Um, if if it was easy, anybody could do it because can't if, no, no nobody is built like Zion. That's why he's one of a kind. So wish him the best. Hopefully he get in shape, and I definitely think he's going to be an All Star All NBA player next year. Um, if he can stay healthy, 
and um definitely be a good fact be a good piece for that Pelicans team who had who shown who's shown a lot of promise on their on their roster. So we're, we're definitely gonna see what, what happens with that. All right, so um I was talking about earlier about the uh, Tim Gonnady stuff. The so I mean let me give you a little backstory if you don't know. So like I was saying about the Tim Gonnady stuff, let me get back to uh, Tim was a referee in the, in the NBA. He got caught cheating in twenty in two thousand and seven. He refed NBA games from nineteen ninety four to two thousand and seven. So for thirteen seasons, he was an NBA ref. So before a lot of us was even born, he started refereeing the games. He got caught in twenty in two thousand and seven um, for for betting on games that he refed himself. And um, of course, he went to jail for I think a year and a half. And um, he was he was in cahoots with his best friend um, and another guy named Batista. I'm listening to a documentary, like a mini series documentary um, on Apple Podcasts, and I sent it to some of my friends. It's called Whistleblower. Man, this is one of the best documentaries or mini podcast series I ever listened to in my life. They are breaking down so many interesting details about the NBA, the structure of the game, refs, and all that. I recommend that if you if you if you like listening to podcasts, or if you like or you into things like that, if you're an NBA fan, period, I definitely think you should listen to this uh, to this podcast. Like I said, it's called Whistleblower. Um, they only have one season out. Um, it's, it's investigating reporting, and I'm a, I'm a big investigative reporter. I'm a, I'm a com- I mean, if you don't know, I'm a communications major, graduated from Northwestern State University. Um, I'm a comm major, and um, communications is just, I just I just love journalism, reporting, investigating reporting, sports, news, business, music, anything, culture. So anytime somebody have a good investigative reporting book, movie podcast i'm i'm invested because investigating important is kind of like something i just have a liking to like it's, it's a lot of movies out there that i just enjoy watching that some people think are boring but i just be locked in because i just enjoy investigating important and this is investigating important on tim donaghy in the nba when he got arrested in 2007 for betting on games so you should definitely take a look at it but some some key points i want to talk about so two things if you've never seen winning time on HBO Max, you should watch it. The whole the first whole first season is out, and you should definitely watch it. They have uh, ten episodes, I believe. There's a point um, if you've never seen it. I mean, this is all this is all proven facts. I'm not I'm not giving away anything that's not already out. So if you've never seen it, you don't have to turn off the podcast right now. Just listen. So if you haven't seen it yet, towards the end of the season, episode nine or ten, I believe, after the Los Angeles Lakers won the championship. And Magic Johnson's first year as an NBA player with Kareem. Kareem went down with an injury. He couldn't play the last, the last, um, last few couple games. I believe the last two games, last game for sure. So Magic started at center, and Magic was pent against Larry Bird, who got drafted that same year against him. He played for Boston, but Boston didn't make it to the NBA Finals. But Larry Bird was playing fantastic. That's why he's an all-time great. Cause he stepped into the NBA and just went crazy. And um, he won Rookie of the Year over Magic, and Magic was settled out there. But but the media was pinning them against each other all year, and it was easy. Like we talking about in the '80s, we have a black superstar that plays for like a finesse team in the Los Angeles um, Lakers, and we have a white superstar who plays for a team uh, for a team in a city that's been considered that has a, a sketchy history of racism. Um, and and Larry Bird, not saying Larry's racist, not saying the boss. I'm just saying the city as a whole has a sketchy history of racism, and that's proven fact. I mean, that's nothing I'm making up. Like you can go look this up. So 
the NBA is pinning these two against each other to, to boost ratings. Like, we got the white superstar versus the black superstar. Los Angeles versus Boston. Like, it just, it, it's just, it's a storyline that writes itself. So that, um, so when Magic won the championship with the Lakers, the media voted Kareem to win finals MVP. Even though he missed that last game, they voted him as a whole. They feel like his he was the most valuable player overall in that, in that playoff series. So in the movie, not saying this truly happened. I'm just saying in the, in the TV, not the movie, in the TV show, Winning Time on HBO Max, David Stern went up to Magic, which is like, yeah, Kareem got voted finals MVP. Um, and Magic was like, oh, dope. You deserve it. Yeah, Kareem, Cap, he, yes. Hell yeah. I, I accept the award for him since he's not here. Yeah, that's my man. And David Stern was just like, I feel like you should get it. And Magic was just like, what you mean? He said, and he and he pretty much, within the TV show, him and Magic had a conversation. They had a dinner. Him, Magic, and Larry, and some other NBA execs had a dinner. And David was pretty much saying that he was trying to write the storyline of pinning Magic and Bird against each other to boost ratings. You know what I'm saying? So he wanted to pin them against each other to boost ratings to get more people tuned in to see the black superstar versus the white superstar, Los Angeles versus Boston. He wanted to he wanted that he wanted that to be the storyline. So Bird just won rookie of the year over Magic. Now Magic backed old and won finals and won a championship and finals MVP. So it's like now they just going against each other. So I bring it up to say this: Tim Donaghy pretty much was saying in this in in this um mini series podcast that the NBA is is a form of entertainment. It's really it's not a competitive sport. This is what he this is what he said himself. I'm not saying this is true, but this is what he said. Like I said, if you haven't listened to this podcast, you gotta listen to it, bro. I'm I'm it's 10 episodes. I'm on episode six right now. So I I'm I'm almost done with it. Um but and and only reason I brought up the, the winning time thing because that makes sense like I was just like, wow. I said, I wonder if that really happened. I wonder if David Stern really took the final team people Kareem gave it to Magic because it was a better storyline. And I wonder if that really happened. How how many other times did things in the NBA happen where the NBA controlled the outcome because it was a better storyline, because they wanted to boost business, because they wanted to get the more ratings, because they were they rather see the Los Angeles Lakers in the championship than the Sacramento Kings in 2001, 2002. You know what I'm saying? Like things like that comes to comes like make, makes you think. Like how many times have y'all out like influence the game because y'all wanted a certain team to be in the championship or a certain player to be in the championship or y'all or y'all wanted a certain player to play in, in the game as much as possible so y'all didn't foul him out or y'all didn't call certain fouls on him or certain calls on him like how many times has that happened and within this document within this mini series podcast series that's pretty much what they were, the investigative reporters was trying to find the, the guy the host of his name was tim limit uh, tim limberstein and he was pretty much doing all the, the talking throughout but he was interviewing everybody that was involved and that's pretty much what tim donaghy the referee was saying he was saying that the nba is not a competitive sport that people think it is it's mainly it, it's merely a form of entertainment if you want to just get deep down it's like the wwe everybody know wwe fake but everybody accept that it's just a form of entertainment. Everybody accept that a script is, is written before the shows, and they just and they just play it out how it's supposed to be um, played out, and and everybody accept that how it is. And and Tim was pretty much saying the NBA is the same thing. It's a form of entertainment. It's really not a competitive sport. I mean, of course the players don't know this. They have that. I mean, some may know, but majority of them don't know. The public don't know. 
and that's pretty much what this what this document is breaking down so i definitely think it's interesting to listen to not saying i believe everything in it but the stuff they're discovering within about the nba and sports overall about how it's controlled by the mafia how it's sometimes controlled by the nba how sometimes they try to influence the outcome based on who they think would be a better uh sale to the public to get more ratings because they look at the nba like a business more so than actual entertainment i mean they look at it as entertainment but it's also they look at it as a business more so than just a sport like a competitive sport they look at it just strictly a business and like david stern he's not even a sports fan he just was a businessman he went he went to law school he was a lawyer and he was like how can i maximize this business as much as possible and he wanted to sell certain storylines to the public because he knew he knew certain things would sell to the public and certain things wouldn't. So it, it it really breaks down a lot of that. And David Stern came around to the NBA right when Magic Johnson and Larry Bird got drafted, and it kind of transitioned into uh, Michael Jordan, then Shaq, Kobe, and then we are and then LeBron and where we are today. So. It's definitely, definitely interesting. And not taking anything from David Stern. Like I said, he was a businessman. He wanted to maximize the NBA as much as possible. And he did that. Because when he came to the NBA, the NBA was a dying sport. Teams was going bankrupt. Um, they couldn't pay players. They had drug problems, abuse problems. It, it had all kinds of problems. And now the NBA is worth $9 billion, and it's a global sport. So he, whatever he sought out to do, he did it. So I'm not taking anything from him, from doing whatever he did behind the scenes. David Stern, I'm talking about. I'm just saying, like, it's for me being a diehard sports fan. I love the NBA basketball. To to even think that when people say the game is scripted or the NBA is influencing the games or ref or influence the game, like the integrity of the game can be lost for things like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, and and I'm not saying I'm gonna stop watching the NBA. I'm gonna boycott the NBA, but it just makes me look at things differently. Like. Like, the integrity of the whole game is just like, damn. Like, what other sports are doing this? Like, if you listen to this miniseries on Whistleblower, they talked about mob, mob dealers having ties into um, the NFL game, tennis matches, boxing matches. Like, like it, it's deep, bro. It's de- it goes deep. It goes deep. So, I definitely think um, if you're if you are, um, if you into investigating reporting, if you're into um, NBA, if you're into seeing things like that, you should definitely take a look at and listen to uh, watch Winning Time on HBO Max for sure, and listen to the podcast to Whistleblower on Apple Podcast. I'm pretty sure it's on every podcast service, but I'm listening to it on Apple Podcast. The Whistleblower with Tim Livingston. Now, talk about my last subject is Russell Wilson. Man, I told you I had a little bit of football to talk about. So this happened a while ago. The Pivot Podcast came out and said one of the Shanning, one of the hosts on the show, said Russell Wilson was a square. And like Twitter got a hold of it, and it just blew up. This happened a while ago. The only reason I'm bringing it up now because Russell Russell responded and said, um, he surprised his wife, and he said, "Stay squared up, guys," or something like that. I'm gonna play what Shanning had to say about Russell first. Sierra, yeah, if Russell ain't had that bread. She ain't gonna be with him. <laughs> Russell square. Russell Square. Russell Square. Sierra had a she she has a good situation, but she was you don't a, leave future they, and a, get with Russell Wilson. The, the, the thing is, I this, think though, that's what you don't wrong, leave though. future and get with Russell Women Wilson. Like, it's, a, it's a type. Listen, Women bro, everybody peace. got a type. Yeah, that's true. Everybody has a type. You gonna leave future and get with Russell Wilson? Is, though, when you He's have, so square, and I love him on the field. He's this. a square. Channing. He's a king square. Channing, you go from this level of toxicity. You just want something stable. You want the guy that was sitting with that girl with that big old mouth at the draft that was laughing and you knew she deserved to be with him. Goofball! Yeah, you want that you guy. You want to get with you, goofballs. No. Okay. Understand this, bro. 
I feel like people are taking this and twisting this in the wrong way. I listen, Sometimes I listen to a YouTuber named The Impressive, and I want y'all to hear what she had to say about the Russell Wilson situation. What makes being a square look good? I will say that. I mean, he's a loving husband and a loving father, and it's really a shame that that's considered to be uncool in some people's eyes, especially some men out there. And the crazy thing is the same men calling Russell Square are the same ones glorifying toxic people like Future. It's really backwards. They think toxic behavior is cool, but a man being a loving husband and father is not cool. That's crazy to me. Absolutely crazy. But I'm glad that Russell is showing people that being a stand-up guy is a good thing. And if that makes him a square, then so be it. Nothing is wrong with square guys. I think square guys should be more celebrated. A lot of times women get caught up in glorifying the bad boys because they view them as more exciting and edgy and masculine. But in reality, it's all an illusion. Bad boys are not what they're cracked up to be. If you look at their behavior, they're not emotionally present. They're not there for their kids. They're not willing to commit. They mistreat their women. And the only thing they wanna do is hit it and quit it. That's really it. And there's nothing cool about that at all. Sierra had to realize herself that chasing the bad boys was really pointless. She probably thought that being with somebody like Future was exciting at one point but it left her in heartbreak and it took that heartbreak for her to kind of come to her senses and get with somebody who made sense for her russell wilson made sense for sierra because okay so <clears throat> shannon said what he said and impressive said what she said both have points the only thing that i want to say is when i say i feel like people are twisting this the wrong way is that Channing did go too far by saying calling him a cornball. Now, I, I, I never call anybody a cornball in my life. That might be a saying before my time. But I think people are say, thinking that he's saying he's a square in a negative way. I personally don't think he's saying square in a negative way. I think he's just calling him a square. Like a square to me is like a personality trait. People make a square person seem lame. But a square is just a like a square is a person like Barack Obama could be considered a square. I never met Barack Obama. I don't know him personally, but he could be considered a square. But he's a of the United States of America, so he could be considered a square person. But what I'm saying is, being the square to me is not a negative thing. Like I have people in my life that are my friends that are considered squares. It's just a personality trait, like calling off. Uh, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. He was considered a square. Will was considered cool. Ne neither one was a bad person or a better person. It was just who they are. So I feel like people are making it seem like calling somebody a square is just calling them lame, weak, sad. Uh, they not a good, like, they just they just a whack person. And that's, to me, personally, I don't think that's true. Y'all act like y'all don't know the difference between somebody that's just cool or not. Somebody that's clean or not. Like, like it, I'm not saying it in a negative way, and I think that's what Shannon was saying. He was saying Russell was a square dude, Future was a more toxic dude. He's saying to me, I'm not trying to speak for him. Uh, I would love to come on the pivot and talk to him about many things on this subject too. But I'm feeling like this subject is old news. But Russell kind of brought it back by bringing up the situation by saying that post with Sierra and saying stay squared up guy. And I think Russell was saying stay squared up guy because he's embracing the fact that he he knows he's a square. He's like a, he's not like a cool like like. 
a cool guy, but he's just like being a square is not a bad thing. And I feel like that's what they making it out to be that being a square is a bad thing, and it's not. So impressive said some things too that kind of threw me off too. She said being um being co- toxic is cool. Dudes consider being toxic cool and being a loving father is not cool. That's no if anybody out there think a man being a father to his kids is not cool, you need your ass beat. If any man out there that thinks being a father to his children is not cool, he need his ass stumped out. You feel me? So nobody said that being being a father, being a loving person, caring for your girlfriend, being romantic is not cool. That's what I'm saying. Y'all making it seem like being called a square is a not cool thing, and that's not the case. To me, being a square is like a personality. You know what I'm saying? That's just a person. That doesn't make you cool or not cool. That's just who you are as a person. Willoughby might be mad at me. And for the people out there that know William Willoughby, he's like he's like my best friend, bro. One of my best friends in my life that I met. He's my profile. He's my fraternity brother. But I also consider him a, one of my best friends. He's he could be mad at me. I, I know he is, but Willoughby is a square. But Willoughby is my like my best friend. I still I still mess with Will on a heavy level. Like that's my dog. Like, but he's considered a square. But that's not a bad thing. Like calling somebody lame, whack. Like I said, cornball, he went too far with that. I don't know about that. But calling somebody lame, whack, anything like that, derogatory terms like that, that's a negative. But a square is not a bad thing. Y'all make it seem like future is considered cool because he's toxic. He's he's masculine. He gets the girls. He plays the girls. So he's considered cool. Russell is not cool because he's a one-on-one man. He's loving. He's caring. He take care of his kids. So that means he's not cool. Anybody that think that is retarded. And square is not associated with neither one of those things. You can be a cool guy and still be a loving father, a caring father, a loving husband, surprise, bring Bill romance. You could be a cool guy, like a cool guy, and do that. LeBron James, the one, the greatest basketball player of all time, all time great. I feel like LeBron James can be a be buddy at times. But that's not a negative thing to LeBron. He just comes off buddy to me at times. But he's an amazing person. Oh, from, from the outside looking in, he seems like an amazing person. So that's that's all I was trying to say with that. So I feel like I feel like people are twisting this Russell Wilson and Square thing the negative way. I, I feel like people are saying him saying Russell Wilson is a square as a negative. And I don't take that as him saying it as a negative. I just take it as him saying he's a square, but he's still cool. He's an amazing football player, all-time great. He's just a square dude. Nothing wrong with that. He still love take care of his kids. Taking care of your kids don't make you square. All toxic. Take care of your kids. Taking care of your family don't make you square. All toxic. Take care of your um being a loving and caring husband and wife, husband or, or wife don't make you square. All like that's that's just what you should do, regardless of what you are. So I, I feel like people are twisting it and making it seem like people are saying being square is taking care of your family. No. No, you can be a cool dude and still take care of your family. You can be a cool dude and still take <laughs> and be a good husband and wife and be a good dude. You can still be a cool dude to do those things. Russell is just a square dude, and he's still he a good dude too, though. You know what I'm saying? People, people sleep. Square dudes can be toxic too. Like a dude with a square personality can have multiple girls. Can be toxic too. So just because somebody square don't automatically make them good or bad, and just because somebody it's cool to automatically make them toxic. Like, that's what I feel like people are twisting in this. 
And what he was trying to say, you don't go from a Russell Wilson type. I mean, you don't go from a future type to a Russell Wilson type personality. That's what he's saying. Russell has a square personality. Future has a more toxic personality. He is saying you don't go from that type to that type unless you had some extra incentive. And, and for him, the extra incentive was Russell has money. He's saying if Russell didn't have money, she wouldn't want a guy square like Russell, a personality type. So that's that's what I want. I just wanted to explain it because I feel like people were twisting that. And if you disagree, let me know how. But I feel like, I feel like, yeah. So that's gonna be it for me, man. Thank y'all for locking in, man. We appreciate all the listeners, all the people that've been tuned in. Like I said, we got a lot coming up in the future. A lot of more stuff I'm working on, and uh, it's been exciting. It's been exciting. The podcast is growing, and please, please, please continue to share. Please continue to listen. Please continue to um, make comments about it. Anything, man. I, I love it all. So, like I said, it's all love. I wish you the best. Enjoy the rest. Have a great week. Um, game five of the NBA Finals is Monday. Uh, let me know who you think will win. Uh, let me know your picks for this finals. And, let, and we got it's a lot to talk about over this offseason with the Russell Westbrook thing, Zach Levine being a free agent, James Harden potentially being a free agent. It's so much to talk about. Kyrie Irving, what's going to be going on with There's so much going on in this offseason. That's why I say the offseason is the NBA offseason is some of my favorite time of the year because there's so much moving pieces going on in the offseason. You never know what can happen and it can shape the whole NBA future. So thank y'all for listening. Thank y'all for locking in. It's all love. Appreciate y'all. Love y'all. Peace.